Welcome to Last Time On. This is the podcast for people who want to watch all this prestige television, but who's got time for all this? You know, I don't. I'm Jafar. And I am Ben. And we are season three, episode one. This is five episodes of Into the Badlands we've watched. And we're in the final season. Four. This is our fourth. Even less than I had thought. Yeah. Yeah, this is season three, episode one, Enter the Phoenix. Now, Jafar... Yes, Ben. I remember the first time I entered Phoenix. Uh, we went in after work, got hamburgers and fries. Yeah. At about 3 a.m. It was a good time. Very small booths. I can't tell you the first time I entered Phoenix because I had been going to that Coney Island since I was in high school. Uh, but yes, Phoenix Diner. Lovely place. Very disappointed at no point do any of our characters go to a Coney Island restaurant. I don't want to know what a Coney Island in post-post-apocalypse is serving. Fair. Absolutely fair. (laughs) How are you feeling about the show right now? I'm feeling amazing. Yeah. I am... (laughs) I rode a roller coaster this episode. To fair, they finally gave you Kung Fu Babies. They did not give me Kung Fu Babies. They gave you Kung Fu Babies. No, 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 no. No, they could have given me Kung Fu Babies, and they didn't. I would like to see the baby. We'll we'll get to it when we get there. Um, (laughs) You've been asking for one thing and one thing only. And we don't get it. It was so frustrating. A kung fu baby not doing any kung fu is a, not a kung fu baby. But it's a baby with the potential for kung fu. All I... babies have the potential for kung fu, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Put that up at, at my uh, son's kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We open on Minerva. The widow. Uh, looking at a map of the Badlands. And brooding, we see yep. the seven baronies. Uh, Six barons are now dead. Yes, I paused before that point and looked at all of the different baronies. Mm-hmm. So we've got Red Armadillo and Black Armadillo. Oh. Which I'm guessing was maybe at one point uh, Jade and Quinn as separate. I'm guessing Red Armadillo was Quinn and Black Armadillo was Jade. I think you've got it backwards. Well, I could see it going either way, because Quinn was Red Armadillo, so he might take up Red Armadillo, and Jade, as a widower, might take Black Armadillo, but it could also be either way. He was wearing black, and so were all of his guys. Yeah, I don't know how well they color-coded. Also, I want to know, like, again, we have another six-month time skip. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to know what it was like for that metalsmith. Like, okay, I must have a new armadillo pendant to to put on my brooding map. Uh, <laughs> and, and like, he's etching it out and chiseling. It's all right, and it's finally done. Oh, they're all dead by now. <laughs> um, but this was this was the last five months of my life. Just blown away. Yeah. Um, the others we have a butterfly. I did call out. I I believe this was Minerva. That's mm-hmm. confirmed many times this episode. But 
I was just based off of geography, assuming that that was Minerva beforehand. And then some of the others were a little difficult to make out, but there is a peacock. There is a, a lizard thing that maybe if it's, it's either a lizard with a weird tail or a grasshopper, depending on which direction it's facing. Okay. I'm not quite sure. On top, it appears to be a blue pair of narwhals. Dope. I don't know if there's any other fish with horns. That's the only one I could think of, but that's what it looks like. We have a golden fox as well, which we see become part of the plot. Ben, all these barons are dead. Mm -hmm. Let's get weird with it. Let's get All right, let's get weird with it. So we've got ourselves five dead barons. Yeah. Six if we count the the husband the widow killed, which, hey, we know about that one. But yeah. for our five that are left, we know stuff was going on. Quinn was raising all kinds of stuff. ruckus. People fighting, people doing awesome kung fu. I think they all came together at a to have a big battle and it was going to be Quinn and the widow versus everybody else mm-hmm. and they everybody else was getting ready to attack when they forgot Quinn's number one po- power he's got a ghost son he does have ghost son and so he's able to manifest rider <laughs> which freaks out jade enough that in the confusion, the all all the other barons besides Chow get killed, but it takes too much out of Quinn and he dies. Okay. Because he manifested Ghost Son. Uh, yeah, Ghost Rider. Okay, that's weird. But I feel like that fits somehow. Like that could happen in this show. That's the, I was that was the level of weird I was going for. Okay. Well, mission accomplished. I'm gonna go for a bit weirder. So all the barons get together for a meeting, right? We know this was six months ago, so I'm going to say it was Christmas when this happens. So they're having a little potluck with all the barons when they do their baron meetings and talk about owning slaves or whatever other despicable shit they're going to be doing. Hey, it's a white elephant. More opium. Oh, thank Uh, you. Yeah, (laughs) just what I needed. And I'm going to posit that Minerva makes a plan at this potluck to poison all of the barons. So she makes this poison dish, right? It's a dessert. It's this beautiful cake that looks delicious. La bombe surprise. And, and it's going to poison everyone, right? And she's still on speaking terms with Tilda at this point. And so Tilda is coming along. And on the carriage ride over, right before they arrive at their destination, uh, Tilda reveals that the, she left the cake at home and instead brought her own dessert, which is one of those 70s jello fruit molds. <laughs> and so Minerva's like, oh, my plan. I'm not going to poison any of these barons, right? Also, this looks terrible, Tilda. And so Tilda, ashamed, doesn't eat any. Neither does her mother because it looks disgusting. All of the other barons do, and it ends up killing them all through food poisoning completely on accident. They all die of dysentery. They shit themselves to death. I mean, that is Except on for our golden fox who yeah. uh, has an iron stomach. Yeah. Shitting yourself, canonical way to die in the Badlands. It is. 
It's a callback, mm-hmm. which is something I always appreciate. <laughs> so we now cut from the 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 brooding map or the plotting map yeah. to a big old fight scene. Yeah, we see some cool stuff here. Yeah. Did you catch that Tallhoffer play arm wrap? Yeah. Also, our first actual real use of shields. Yes. Uh, Appreciate seeing that. Shields, nice to have on a crazy chaotic battlefield. In, uh, in a world where the things that are most likely to kill you are swords and arrows, the thing I am never leaving home without is a shield. Now, we are following this young woman who is holding the butterfly banner. Jafar, mm-hmm. were you ever worried that this was somebody we were supposed to know? It is 100% someone we're supposed to know. Okay. We get confirmation of that later this episode. Well, no, they tell who she was. I don't think she's somebody we would have ever have met before. Oh, I got the vibe that this was a character that we knew. Like, from the way this is shot, there's, like, no names or speaking or anything. I think this was her Minerva's regent here. No, because the regent, she was the flag bearer, not the regent. The regent was Stephen Lang. Well, it was Stephen Lang, and we've missed a number of episodes. Yes, Uh, Stephen Lang. Stephen Lang out, this lady in. And then dies terribly on the battlefield. Yeah, I was like, okay, I don't know who this person is. And then she get washes to the face. This is actually the coolest ancient weapon we've ever made. It is a rough go. Yeah, they have a big arrow launcher. And she just kind of looks up at it. And was like, oh no. And then, arrowed. Why? Why would you have artillery that launches full-size arrows? That's what a watch is. I'm... I'm aware of the historical precedent, Ben. They have gasoline and engines. So even if they don't have gunpowder, they've got combustion. Yes. The, like, you might not be able to turn that into a gun, but you can 100% turn that into a piece of artillery with relative ease. Yes. Like, they should have cannonballs launched by gasoline on this bitch. Especially given that it's uh, Minerva is... That's not a good answer. <laughs> it's against the Kung Fu rules, Jafar. Minerva is specifically trying to get rid of these rules, and she is also the gasoline baroness. She's getting rid of some of the rules. <laughs> the slavery rules, at the very least. Yes. I, 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 I'm trying to, like, I've, I've bent over backwards to try and come up with ways to justify it, and I think part of it is, if we are the rich... You know what's really a bummer? If somebody can just bust a cap and shoot me. It's a lot easier to control people when you have to know kung fu to kill anybody. And I have all the best kung fu people because slavery. Yeah. No, I mean, that makes sense to me. It's just like, why would you have that for artillery? It just seems like, at the very least, you've got enough science where you could have much smaller chambers and carry much smaller ammunition that's going to go farther and probably be more accurate than hand-spun arrows. And, like, it's just... It's this intersection, this dichotomy of technology available in this world that just makes absolutely no fucking sense. Because we live in a world where we could do a lot of things and we don't. Yeah, but it, that's that's at a big scale, and some people do those things. 
you know, if you're talking about like renewable energy, which is where my mind goes to when you say something like that, compared to like, this would be so basic. This isn't like high science or costing millions of dollars. It's more effective and in their engineering wheelhouse. I don't know. It's because it's cool, Jafar. Uh, and it is cool. Fine, Ben. I guess it's cool. It is cool. We cut over after this fight to Minerva doing their best chariots of fire. Yes. Uh, heading to a lighthouse in disrepair to meet Nathaniel. Yes. She's riding her horse to a graying tower alone by the sea. Yep. A swordsman with a thousand kills. Yes. Only uh, in Kung Fu movies does someone live to a thousand kills. Kissinger's got that many times over. Only in Kung Fu movies does someone without using guns and weapons of mass destruction live to a thousand, a thousand swordsman kills. A thousand kills with a sword, Ben? Can you imagine winning a thousand sword fights in a row? Jenkins might have that. I don't think so. Not fair. F- well, I mean, He's I guess we don't, I don't know that no. we know the third fair fight. <laughs> but they killed a lot of people. <laughs> they killed a lot of people. Like I can being responsible for a thousand deaths. Absolutely. Sure, plenty of people got that because history is fucking terrible and filled with war. But yeah, one dude, a thousand melee kills is obscene. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got Nathaniel, who is uh, I just called him Claw Man. Claw. Uh, well, we know his other name. Yeah, he is Silver Moon. Yes, he is. But he's Claw Man. We find that out from the subtitles in the next scene. Yes, he has killed a bunch of people. He is after the man who cut off his right hand, and I'm like, oh, man, that's sunny, ain't it? 100%. <laughs> yeah. And she says, hey, come back with me. Be my regent. And he's like, nah, I don't do that anymore. And she, so she says, you're either coming back with me as my regent, or I'm killing you here. And this is where we get our first confirmation. R.I.P. Stephen Lang. This yep. is what you get for not being in the opening credits. Uh, you get dead in the de- in the Badlands. I loved this fight. Oh, this was an amazing this fight. This was straight up Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. As soon as there was a lunge that turned into a 10-foot slide, I'm all like, it's Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon time. Yeah, I uh, in my notes. Ooh, trigger block. Uh, trigger block. Flippy stuff. Uh, <laughs> Balancing uh, on two swords stuck in the ground. Doing sword kicks. And yeah, yeah, in in this in this in my notes, this fight is dope. When they start climbing the lighthouse, and we get the view of like the lighthouse and like the water, and them fighting on the side of it, I was just all like, "This show might have finally won me over." Yeah. Oh well, and it's not actually a lighthouse; it's a smokestack. Yeah. Yeah, because you notice when they get to the top and they're fighting on it, there's nothing up there. I assumed that it had just been knocked off; that it was a wood structure. Housing the lens that had oh, been passed off. But at one point, Nathaniel slash Silver Moon slash Claw Man flicks his arm and his claws extend. Mm-hmm. Big pop from Ben for extendo claws. <laughs> also, did you notice what his claws were made out of? Rebar. Yeah. Rebar will fucking get you, man. Oh, yes, gotta, it will. <laughs> you gotta be careful around rebar. This is Ben Jaffer's OSHA corner. <laughs> And I've spent the last week and a half poring over the regulations of the United States Department of Labor's Occupational Safety and Health Administration, also known as OSHA. If I had a dollar for every time I've had to tell someone to watch out for that rebar, 
I wouldn't be retired, but it's way more than you would expect someone to have for a dollar for that comment. How how much of that money would have come from Shane? A lot. <laughs> we had a friend who made a makeshift tent that was held up with rebar staked into the ground at a campground where many people were drunk most of the time. It was a bad idea. It was a terrible idea. Yes. <laughs> so they fight up the tower. We end with blade to Nathaniel's throat, but the claws to Minerva's torso. Yep. And so they have fought themselves to a semi-standstill. But Nathaniel now has her respect. Yep. Uh, we go to theme after this. After theme, Sonny is dramatically deer hunting in the rain. Yes. Uh, with baby Henry. No veil to be found. My notes say, that's not good news. No. But we see Henry in a papoose. I wonder if Vale is dead. I, I think she mm-hmm. is. Oh, Jafer, during our credits, did you notice what Nick Frost's name appears in front of? No. Oh, a ship. Yeah, it's a boat. Yeah, a and boat. And I'm just like, was that in season two? Did this subconsciously influence my uh, <laughs> Nick Frost backstory? <laughs> I was just like, oh, man, did I get subliminal message to buy this show? <laughs> After this, we see Tilda and the Petticoat Assassins who are trying out a new look for their sophomore album, uh, (laughs) raiding one of Minerva's convoys, and they unexpectedly rescue Badgie again. So how long did it take for you to figure out this was Tilda? Seconds. Like, as soon as we saw a face, I'm like, oh, that's Tilda. I did not recognize her without the haircut. Yeah, that's because (laughs) I look at people's faces, Ben. I'm I'm more interested in the, like, I'm sad RSVP, page boy, page girl, drop. <laughs> but I have a question for you, Jafer. Yeah, Ben. You're driving a convoy. Yeah. You're driving. Suddenly, Kung Fu Badass drops from the from the uh, the branches. Yep. What is your move as the driver? Slam on the brakes so that physics does the work. Well, just she's, launch them. She's dropped down in the road in front of you. Oh. These aren't the two people who then later drop on your roof. Oh, okay, yeah. The people who drop on my roof slam on the brakes. Yes. Uh, The person in front of me, probably speed up. Or swerve. Even stopping. Yeah. Do you drive ahead at the same rate of speed down the road? (laughs) No. No, if I'm getting ambushed, no. Yeah, but that is not what this driver does. (laughs) He continues driving straight on. The extra kung fu fighters drop on. They kill everybody. The driver gets uh, a glaive to the throat. (laughs) I threw that shit before I walked in the room. Yep. That's a. Everybody knows Krull, right? (laughs) Krull is a topical reference, right? You can make a Xena reference. Well, that I know it's not the exact same weapon, but it's used in the same manner. Yeah, I mean, but. But it's a glaive. The chakram. It's, it's yeah. totally a, gla- a glaive from Krull. Yes. Everybody's seen Krull, right? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, they they kill everybody, but find, oh, this uh, supply convoy, it was actually a prison convoy. We accidentally saved Badgie. Yeah. for This has happened before. Yes. They make light of the situation. After this, we get our confirmation that Nathaniel is Silver Moon. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I like continuity. And I like continuity that we happen to stumble upon in our random watch through even more. Yes. After this, we see MK smoking some opium. Yes. As he talks to Minerva, he's in a cell, but he's not trying to escape and he's lost his powers. 
What did you do to me? I took away your firebending. You can't use it to hurt or threaten anyone else ever again. <laughs> yeah, two two swerkers leave the room and he's just yeah, it's just I don't get it. If he has no powers, why is he locked up? Uh, yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it it but he's talking about like, oh, well Sonny's going to come rescue me and stuff. I guess he never learned any actual kung fu. He just relied on his gift. Well, they kept trying to teach it to him, and he kept not listening. Fair. But we find out, this is where we find out, one, he's lost his gift, and it's been six more months he's been trapped there. But this is where we also find out Tilda definitely not working for her mom anymore if her attacking her mom's convoy didn't sell it. Yep. And, yeah, she he tries to attack her, and she just kicks him, and he goes down. Yeah. And he says, why are you wasting your time on me? And that is exactly what I wondered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jafar? Yeah, Ben? Where do we end up next? We're over at Sonny's remarkably in-shape conversion van, web series on all the work he put in coming soon. But it's an RV! We're back in an RV, Jafar! We are back in an RV. <laughs> it's, it's just like being home. It might even be... We don't really get a good look at it. I mean, it is AMC. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it might be the same. It's released on the exterior, the same It doesn't RV. look the same inside, but yeah. He reminisces about Vale teaching him to read, which he could barely do at the start of the series. Hey character progression bitch yeah now he's reading henry jungle book this is where we get real confirmation that Vale is gone so dead puts the baby to bed and starts taking some sips out of a flask yep and then passes out wakes up in in broad daylight to sick baby and raiders ben yes. has resident parent on the podcast how bad of a morning is this it's bad it's real bad. Sick baby, bad. Machete fight in an RV is bad. <laughs> Machete fight around sick baby, real bad. <laughs> that, of I course, don't know. being the scale we use for all things on this podcast. Machete fight in an RV, sick baby, and machete fight around a sick baby in an RV. Yes, this is about the worst morning you can have, especially because he drank, like, enough to pass out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Which, that's that, that sip of moonshine or whatever must be strong. He could be a lightweight. But he might, like, we have to add to this, he might be hungover. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so, top of our, our scale is hungover, sick baby machete fight. Mm-hmm. Also, he's got a punji stick trap crib. Yes. Weird flex, but okay. Well, hey, stop anybody from stealing my baby. We cut over to Lydia, who is in charge of some kind of refugee camp. Yes. And Tilda, now known as the Iron Rabbit, returns with supplies and badgie. So, Jafar, yes, I know it's a post-post-apocalypse. Sure is. I wish we lived in a world where we could give ourselves cool names like this. You can, Ben. We, we did a thing where you could have given yourself a cool name for years, and people would still only know you as that. Yes, but... I can't be known as the Iron Rabbit just in my life. I can't go around work and have people call me the engineer without me being the most pretentious guy at work. That's Where it's fair. like, no, you call me the weasel. <laughs> I mean, I had the title The Flame and the Horn briefly. That was fun. That's true. There was the Ash Zealot there for a minute. Yeah. 
but these are all inside of our game it's true these are not professional titles i mean when you only work with people for that you larp with that helps (laughs) but i'm just saying society we need better titles (laughs) when was the last time a world leader got an honorific when was our last the great or the bald or my favorite the honorific for charles martel the hammer I want to say Nelson Mandela has one, doesn't he? An honorific? Yeah, doesn't he? I don't know. I, I could I could have sworn he does. Eh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have time to Google it. But I do have time to talk about how this is not a sophomore album for Tilda and the Petticoat Assassins, but rather a whole new project, Iron and the Rabbits. Beth has informed me that Nelson Mandela's honorific is Madiba. And a quick Google also shows that he's known as Father of the Nation. Yes. Badgie confirms Sonny hasn't been heard from in months. They need to rescue MK. This is all fallout from last time on a giant battle at the Widow's Compound where all of our heroes were gathered. I'm guessing that was the season finale. And this is where it seems Quinn died for realsies this time. But TBD... How sure were you he was going to be in the the teaser at the end of the episode? <laughs> nope, but I got he's he's we will see Quinn again. We'll that's, see. That that's in my predictions. Okay. I'll leave it at that. Sonny gets told to head to the refugee camp to get medicine for Henry. He heads there, a healer assists, starting with an ice bath to help with the fever. He then recognizes his motorcycle. Yes. And he gets to Badgie just in time to save him from getting got from scamming some people. Yes, he is He is swindling people at Mahjong. Oh, I hope the train will be here soon, Rita. Me too much. Yep. We still, he, we see he still has Nathaniel's sword here, by the way, which is more important now that Silvermoon appears to be a regular character. But we also find out that Badgie has his compass. Yes. So something weird happened. And here's where we're, we start wondering, like, okay, what's been going on? Why does Badgie have the compass? So, Jafar, I have to ask you, what happened to her? What the hell happened? Can't explain. But I got the van. So there was a moment where, like, so we see there's that big, like, dam, right, that they built into a fortress wall. Mm-hmm. After it got drained and they put some doors on it or something, we see it a little bit later in one of the shots. So they're on top of that thing, right? And they're fighting on top of it. And Sonny gets knocked off. He, like, kicks some dude in the face so hard his head explodes or whatever. Yeah. But the momentum carries him off of the dam. And Badgie goes to grab him and just gets him by the necklace, which is where that compass is, right? So he's like holding him up by that compass all dramatically off the set edge of the dam. Mm-hmm. And then Sonny looks down, sees Vale and Henry escaping, and they are surrounded by a couple of dudes, right? And so Sonny cuts the chain on the necklace compass so that Badgie's still holding it, slides down the dam, is fine, obviously, rescues Vale, and Badgie just sees them ride off. This explains why 
Badgie is like, oh, well, he, him and Vale went the other way. They did this. We had no one seen them. Mm-hmm. And also still leaves enough danger in the solution for Vale to have not made it successfully when Badgie thinks that she did. All right. Canon. I mean, it misses how he thought Badgie was dead, but bad stuff could have been happening at the top of that dam. Uh, yeah. So he's like, I thought I left you to die, <laughs> <laughs> which seems on brand for Sonny. Yeah. I was, like, was going to go save How many the baby. times have I abandoned you to the wolves only for you to come back? <laughs> Over at Minerva's, she is seeing to her soldier from the opening's funeral, including a name. This character does have a name, and we just missed an entire arc for this character, except for her death. Ben, what happened horror? What the hell happened? Can't explain, but I got the band. Take me on the journey of this character we never met and only saw get watched. Did you write down her name? Nope. Okay. Uh, well, make one up. I have. To. My problem is all the names in in this show are cool and I'm trying to like <laughs> so our dead standard bearer is Boudica okay and she worked her way up she was not originally a warrior but she was freed by the widow and just so believed in in her in her message that she went joined up immediately got married just so she could kill her husband because that is what widows do. Uh, Okay. And that's how much she believed. And so she was tenacious and voracious and always on the lookout for another battle to win and another husband to kill, because that is the dream living in the widow's world. Okay. All right. After all of this, Ben, it fucking happens. I'm like, she's going to poke this baby and it's going to go on a murder rampage. And then it fucking cuts away. She pokes the baby. So the doctor who is looking at, at Henry Vanita says, I, I just have to take some blood to do some tests, which implies they at least have some kinds of blood tests. Yeah. Yeah. And has a shocked react. Yep. And it cuts away and we get Badgie and Sonny catching up. They get found by Lydia. Yep. Okay. It cuts to Badgie and Sonny catching up. Lydia finds them, and our heroes go to Henry's tent, where we get confirmation that Henry is a kung fu baby. Has the gift, but we don't see any goddamn kung fu babies. So. I'm so mad. (laughs) I'm so mad that when I saw this scene, I texted you, fuck this show. It's true. (laughs) I did tie into something interesting we see at the end of this episode that I'll get to. Yes. But it seems like when people go into the ninja blood rage, they don't necessarily become violent. They just now have the propensity to, if they execute violence, it is now on a a grand wushu scale. Yeah, it's kind of like if... The Hulk, instead of turning big and strong, turned into Black Widow. Yes. But... I wonder if that was the pitch. <laughs> but it's Smart Hulk, not mindless Ang Lee Hulk. Um, I think that depends on your level of skill. It's possible. But yeah, 
we don't know that until the end of this episode. And everything before we've seen of this leads me to believe that it is mindless blood rage. And the fact that this baby just chills the fuck out. It's because the baby's the chosen one. Jafir. Is a real fucking problem He's for me. He's the chosen one. He is the Kung Fu baby. Ugh. Badgie says Azra is bullshit to top but Henry's all this like, off. No, Sonny's like, no, we gotta go. We gotta go to Azra. They'll be able to figure out. He's like, it's fake, man. I called for help and they never answered. Like, Azra's <laughs> not real. Yep. I'm still mad. We they see... gave you what you wanted, Jafar. <laughs> no, they didn't, Ben. I specifically said I wanted a baby roundhouse kicking someone in the face. I wanted a kung fu baby doing kung fu moves, and we don't get any of that shit. And don't tell me it's not in the budget, because AMC doesn't know what to do with money at this point. Clearly. They make the best shows. <laughs> They're swimming in walking dead money while they make this show. Don't tell me they don't have the budget for a goddamn CGI kung fu baby. <laughs> Fair. So we cut to people streaming through a broken wall, calling yeah. where they are the promised land. Ba -ba -ba. Yep. And they come across an outpost that is what appears to be Chow's people. Yeah, some fox soldiers. And the the leader is a man who calls himself the Pilgrim. Mr. Pilgrim! I'm Ramona's first evil ex-boyfriend. What? Mm-hmm. And once again, I am mad that we don't get cool names in the pre-apocalypse. <laughs> his he has his bodyguards and they say, hey. Put down your weapons and join your messiah or die. Mm-hmm. But here we do see something interesting. This is the first time we've ever seen two people activate the gift at the same time and work together. They get maybe they they have either they fought do some together combo a moves. bunch or they are speaking to each other with their minds. And with this show, either way. But the one interesting thing we see is as they're fighting their way up, there's a man and a woman. At one point, the man turns off his gift. Yeah. Almost gets attacked from behind where the the woman bodyguard kills the guy who almost kills him. Yeah. And then, like, gives him a, like, come on, bruv, uh, sort of yeah. look. And he's like, oh, oops. And then his eyes go black again. Yep. So you can turn it on and off. Well, they have to cut themselves to turn it on initially. Yes. So. But is it like an engine? Once you've started it up, you don't have to hit the choke again. Yeah. Uh, I imagine he's still bleeding. Yeah. So it counts. But uh, they fight their way up, kill everybody but the guy who deserved it. Uh, <laughs> they kill everybody but the guy with lines. And they throw him off the tower and leave him broken at the bottom. Tell everyone else what you have seen. Except... They're going to keep streaming in, yeah. and he's at the watchtower. <laughs> Who's going to get to him laying there broken on the side of the road that won't have run into convoy of murder psychos? We do get a fun little bit in here, too, which is catching an arrow between two fingers. Yes. I don't know that I've ever seen that before. And snaps it in half. Yeah. If you were to actually do that at the speed that everything is happening... You might redirect the other end of that arrow, but it would still be moving. Yes. You know, objects in motion stay in motion. It's one of those laws. Until or acted upon by Kung Fu. Yes. 
But that was fun. I hadn't seen that before. Yeah. So that's points. They also do a cool thing where they're fighting up two sides of a tower and they jump, kick each other's feet and lock themselves up to the next level. Yeah. So they simultaneously propel each other up to the next the next Kung Fu fight. Yeah. Someone way better at Mario Brothers has done this in a two player game. And I would love to see that on YouTube. Whoa! <laughs> oh, what's clipping, Ben? All right. Me doing my Mario impression. <laughs> it's time for some predictions, but before we get to that, we're going to see how many episodes we skip. There are 16 episodes in season three here. Season three is as long as seasons one and two combined. I'm rolling 2D4 here. Five. So we're skipping five episodes, so that's six. So we'll be watching season three, episode seven. And we'll look that up in a few minutes. But first, we're going to make some predictions. Lincoln, what are you doing up there? Guessing. I guess no one's coming. I have seen into the future. You ruined the prophecy. Okay. So... Daytime predictions, Ben. What do you got? My daytime prediction, the Pilgrim is our big bad. Okay. Yeah, that's that's probably true. My daytime prediction, Quinn, not dead. Okay. Evening, MK learns the real gift is the friendship we make along the way. I thought the real gift was all the opium, but... Whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say my evening prediction is the finale is them defending Azra. Okay. And my prime time, the show ends with Badgie as Tilda's regent as she rules the Badlands. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. My prime time is Henry is going to be in a kung fu fight. I mean, he was in a kung fu fight in this episode. Yeah. Henry will be a Henry is going to kick somebody or punch somebody like Henry is going to be a participant in a Kung Fu fight, not a bystander. It's a very little baby. You Look, it's either going to be time skip or Kung Fu baby. I don't care which, but maybe, maybe a little time skip. Maybe the gift makes him age abnormally fast. I don't know. I don't care. Kung Fu baby. Give me Kung Fu baby. Jafel, it's hard to do kung fu when my bones are still cartilage. <laughs> the moops, he drinks your bones. It's... How does something drink bones? <laughs> Holy f***, run! <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me look up our next episode here. Episode 7, Monkey Steals the Peaches. Oh, no. Oh, no, Ben, no. 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 I don't want... I don't want... No. Okay. We've got Season 3, Episode 7, Dragonfly's Last Dance. Before Dragonfly, see. As a looming mutiny threatens to take down the Widow... Sonny seeks out the survivor of a mysterious massacre from long ago. All right. Well, we'll watch that one next week. But this week, we've got to say thank you to Ripe. Yeah, we do. Thank you, Ripe, for letting us use your absolute fucking banger of a song, Goon Squad, as our theme music. I cannot express how much it means to me. Y'all fucking rock. Thank you. And also thank you to Annette Lucina for your for your create 
Creative Commons photograph of a TV that we are able to use for our podcast art. Because of people like you making art for free, we are able to make art for free. Thank you. And thank you, listener. We'll see you next week. And we will see you next time on Last Time On. Oh, the blues don't